What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 565 of the uh, Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast hot tags of the week. We're going to break down some of the stuff that happened in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days. And we invite you to do the same by leaving a comment below and telling us what you think about all the stuff that we talk about here. If you don't know who we are, I am Tony Mango. I've got with me Callum Wiggins. Hey there. And Robert D. Felice. Hey, I made it through the hurricane. Yes, you did with a uh, relatively unscathed. Yeah, uh, very lucky. I do want to say very lucky on my behalf. If you look at the pictures of like Fort Myers and even some of Orlando, it's like it's absolutely terrible what happened. I'm so fortunate. Angela Dawkins, his uh, his house got flooded. Really? Wow. See, Orlando ended up getting a lot of what I think people thought Tampa was going to get. And all I can say is that I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah. So obviously, uh, hopefully lots and lots of people are able to bounce back perfectly fine from this in some fashion or another, but, um, awful stuff going on with that hurricane. It's not over yet either. Right? No, it's currently in the Carolinas and it's strengthened back up to a hurricane. So it's not like a category four, but it did strengthen back up and it is, Currently still doing damage. Mm. Stay safe out there, everyone. Uh, check in with your relatives and everybody on like those Facebook things that prompt you or whatever. And uh, hopefully if you are listening to this in a weird situation where that's going on, then maybe we can give you a little bit of a break from worrying about stuff. But we will talk about everything from Monday Night Raw onward. We will talk about the contract situation with some AEW people and maybe even a change to day one is kind of what my lineup is right now and as i said before we want to know what you have to say so leave your comments below but also while you're over there if you enjoyed this video hit the like button make sure that you are subscribed to this youtube channel by clicking the subscribe button that's kind of what it's there for it's why it says subscribe ring that little notification bell as well and if you want to help us out on the monetary side of things then you know you do the normal stuff we've said a million times patreon the join button we got the Redbubble and Tea Public, you know, so on and so forth. You guys know it by now. If you don't know it, then ask, and I'll tell you more information. <laughs> I don't really feel comfortable plugging that stuff when it comes to the hurricane, but, um, you know, it's a thing. So let's start getting into this with actually something that's not on the hot tags, but something that's a follow-up from what we did earlier this week, which was the main event, or, you know, main podcast episode for this episode, uh, this episode <laughs> for this week, which was the Miss the Smark of Heroes of Wrestling. Now, because of that hurricane, Rob was not able to join us, so Callum and I talked about it, but I still want to get your opinions about this, Rob, if you want to quickly tell us your thoughts. <laughs> I'll make this very quick. I think it's very, very sad that that was one of Yoko's last major moments, I think. As much as I, we all enjoy the you want to play 21, got 22, like it's it was very sad to see. And it's an era gone by when the wrestlers were really like in a place of I want to say despair, but wrestlers back then were clearly not as set for the future as some wrestlers are today. And I think that that event is a look at the way things used to be and i'm glad we don't see much of that anymore was there a standout moment in particular that was like the absolute best or the absolute worst in your mind 
Well, the absolute worst would be Jake, because, you know... <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought Tully was good. Like, it's another one of those things where, you know, I always wonder why he never landed anywhere in the 30 years between leaving WWE and landing in AEW. Like, I thought he was fine. Stan Lane always looked good. And uh, Bob Orton had some interesting chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely one of those talking points that we were getting into. <laughs> so if you didn't check that out, go back and listen to that episode. It's a very fun discussion of a very not fun pay-per-view <laughs> because that's a fucking chore to sit through that one. But, uh, you know, I think that we did a good job making fun of it and, you know, calling attention to the history that it has for that. Well, let's get into the hot tags here. Let's talk about on uh, Monday Night Raw. This is one of the major, major hot tags of the week, at least from my notes. We had some stuff here and there. I mean, some of it we don't even need to really bother with because it's just uh, a person wrestled this person and they carried all that feud or whatever. Nothing huge for like Bianca Belair beating EOS guy. Okay, you know, whatever. But we got Candice LeRae popping back up. She is now part of the Raw roster. You know, she is joining her husband, so it makes perfect sense with Johnny Gargano being over there, so all is well in the Gargano world with that, at least in that May. I mean, the family's extension with Austin Theory, that's not working out all that well, and Indy's not there yet. Uh, indie wrestling is not, you know, but... Um, you, you never thought indie wrestling would make it to Raw. Yeah. But, um, uh, Candace showing up out of the blue, I think says a lot about who Candace and Johnny are. And it also, quite frankly, says a lot about that even though we love them, like, they're clearly not seen as major, major draws because Candace just showed up randomly when they were in Edmonton. You know, like, cool. It was awesome. Kind of like how Johnny just randomly showed up in, was it also Canada? Was it Toronto? I think so. Yeah. So, very cool that she's there. WWE needs another... I don't want to say legend. I almost said legend, but that's not the right word. Uh, established veteran female wrestler on their roster. They do a board games coming up. I don't know if she'll factor into that, but I'm glad to see her on raw because she deserves it. She deserves anything that they give her because she's one of the best. What are your thoughts, Callum? It's, it's always good to add some more depth to the women's division, and she is an excellent wrestler. So to have Candice LeRae on your roster and promoted to Raw and SmackDown, who are in desperate need of... I was saying desperate need. They've definitely got strong women's divisions, but like they're always looking for top-tier talent, and she doesn't belong in NXT anymore. So that's a good thing to see. I think it is quite interesting that they, again, in a similar way to Johnny Gargano, kind of just showed up out of the blue to wrestle... Nikki A.S.H. without any kind of fanfare surrounding it. And she didn't really get that big of a reaction coming out. I think that there is, again, it's that example of that disconnect between the quote-unquote casual WWE audience and people who just aren't watching NXT regularly. And so for a lot of people, this might be the first time they ever saw Candice LeRae. And there's no, there was no intimation about the fact that on commentary there was, but obviously just if you're someone in the crowd, there's no intimation of the fact that she is in any way related or not related, but obviously married to Johnny Gargano. So like you could just see it just like, okay, just some random woman debuting. 
which is cool. But obviously we know different because we followed her career through NXT. So, so yeah, it's good to have her back. And I'm interested to see what they do with her because there doesn't seem to be, at least right now, there's no clear trajectory towards the women's championship. That's clearly that's clearly Bailey and Bianca right now. And if she was to go after the women's tag title, she'd need a partner. And I guess Indy would fit into that. But we already have a Leah. I don't really want another completely green wrestler appearing on on, well, on the well, Raw as well. well. Like, but at this point, Indy has to go. Like literally, her entire oh, yeah, she does have to go and just give is... her a P forty five, and then she's out. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, but uh, no. Again, I don't want to see anyone get fired. But she's not. She she isn't good enough to wrestle on Raw or SmackDown. She realistically, she should still be in the quote unquote developmental side of things because like she still has a lot to learn. Because I mean, I mean, fundamentally, she doesn't have a character that's. She hasn't been able to develop a character that stands strong enough on her own without being attached to the Gargano's or Dexter Loomis. Like, on her own, she is... She's just a wrestler. Yeah, she yeah, she's just a wrestler. And I think until she can actually either develop a character or they give her a character which lets her personality come to the forefront and be something beyond just, you know, that woman who was with Dexter Loomis or that woman who was part of the Gargano family until she can say like, this is Indy Hartwell. This is me. Then I don't think that uh, she could, she could really stand up to scrutiny on the main roster. I am not really sure when I, if I were, you know, which is the case, but if somebody were to be like, okay, you're in charge now, what do you want to do with Indy? I don't know when I would bother bringing her up, but I do think that, She's in a little bit of a sink or swim situation coming up soon where somebody like Candace, we knew that she was ready for the main roster a long time ago. And that was just a matter of why didn't you just bring her up already? <laughs> She's wasting time in NXT. She's not winning the title. Bring her up to the main roster. Be perfectly fine. Indie, I don't know. And then when it comes to rehashing the whole Gargano family, I don't think that they can really pull that off anymore because Austin Theory is way past that point. So if you bring Indy in there, then you're missing like one of the core elements was Austin Theory. I don't know if it works the same. So I don't think that I would really put Indy at least even like tangentially related to them. I probably if I were to bring Indy to the main roster, I'd probably bring her to SmackDown actually. Just to give another one to that roster, because that roster is, I mean, we're not dealing with too many people there. You saw how they get to a point where Aaliyah gets kind of taken out of the equation, and suddenly they're like, we need Shotzi again. She's a baby face, and we're going to put her in everything now. And I don't know what they're doing with the uh, SmackDown Women's Division, but that needs a little bit of a rehab, too. So something to pay attention to. But it makes sense for Candace to be in the same roster as Johnny. And even though she didn't get the biggest reaction in the world, I think she's going to do a great job on that roster. And I think that this is actually another sign too for a return to Nikki Cross. She took off the mask. She was all upset. Probably going to be ditching that gimmick soon, right? Um, Potentially. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell in terms of the, uh, I, I wouldn't like to make any predictions because there's multiple ways they could take it. I think all of us agree that we hope that that's going to happen at least. 
oh yeah but you know it's like i i don't want to even though as as i've probably repeated ad nauseum on these shows going forward even though things have been improving i can't say for certain that that improvement will, will be made yeah uh, one of the information things that happened on this episode after, you know, a series of Amos beats to enhancement talent and, you know, this and that and that is that we get the return of Edge leading to an I quit match with Finn Balor at Extreme Rules that we'll get a little bit deeper into when we come to next week's main events. We're going to do the usual breakdown of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, but generally speaking, this Hey, I returned a few weeks after getting my uh, was his leg, uh, some kind of an injury. I forgot how they refer to it, but like, oh man, he's going to be out for a long time. And then it's just that they're back in Canada and he comes back up and I'm going to have an I quit match with Finn Balor. I felt personally like this was just kind of weak. How'd you guys feel about it? I like it. I like it because first of all, he's not taking another extended break. Second of all, extreme rules is actually living up to the name. You can say whatever you want about the build to the show or whatever, but like we've got a very stipulation heavy extreme rules and that's good because if you're going to do the gimmick, do the gimmick. And we're finally getting Edge versus Finn, which seems like we've gotten it a lot and we actually haven't one-on-one and Edge has never been in an I quit match. So I'm thumbs up all around for this. That seems crazy that it's never happened. I mean, I would. I, I don't mind the idea of the match taking place and the whole story behind it. The issue extends from the injury angle because it completely devalues the whole pilmanizing of the leg because that injury should be worth taking someone out for at least a month or two. And he was back in, what, two, three weeks? Mm-hmm. If that. So it just, uh, yeah, devalues the uh, the potency of the judgment day in terms of their attack on edge. Um, I guess it's good that he's keeping up with the schedule right now and he is showing up for more things going forward. But I don't know this, this stuff with he's essentially been with judgment day since before WrestleMania, whether it's been a part of the judgment day, the leader of judgment day or as their rival. So it feels like it's just been going on way too long. And even though this is, as Rob says, the first one-on-one meeting we're getting between Finn Balor and Edge, it's an I quit match, so it's no DQ, so that every single member of the Judgment Day is going to get involved. Mm-hmm. You'd have to imagine. You imagine that AJ Styles is going to get involved one way or the other. Um, yeah, so, I and Rey Mysterio probably as well. So it's just going to be the same people who have been feuding with each other or aligned with each other for pretty much the last six to eight months. So I'm kind of at the point of, yeah, can we move on, really? But And also, they need... Well, again, we'll say more when we actually get to the predictions of this, but they need Balor to win this, right? Balor yeah. can't lose this match. But there, there's there's ways to make him say, I quit. It's all, it's all in... Rhea has to beat up Beth Phoenix, maybe even get the kids involved. There's ways to make Edge say I quit. It might be a little convoluted, but Balor has to win. Rhea and Dominic just start making out. It's like, ah, stop, stop. I quit. Just stop. it. <laughs> he pegs him. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Dominic's sitting there going, I quit. I quit. <laughs> Jesus. 
uh what are you just talking about styles being involved in this aj styles man they have not had any idea what to do with this guy since mania he has bounced around to just these random ass feuds and he's back again with the judgment day thing but he's also kind of feuding with Sami Zayn now it's by proxy of i don't know maybe there's a chance that they're setting up that he would end up being on the anti-bloodline team for war games and they're just sort of trying to work their way into there but the fact that he's like doing these backstage things with finn balor and then he's doing with the bloodline but he just recently was feuding with uh, the Miz and everybody and Bobby Lashley and the United States title. And he had that's run in with Austin theory and all styles has had no direction for 2022 <laughs> since losing to edge because the direction was, Hey, we're finally into you and edge. And then they did it and it became about everybody else. Yeah. Then it turned into a Rey Mysterio storyline. <laughs> so right now I think I wouldn't be against AJ against the bloodline. Cause he's been working Roman at the house shows and he kind of fits the group of like Kevin Owens and Drew and all these people who had to leave WWE or make their name elsewhere. But I also think maybe the good brothers are just going to come back. It's going to be AJ and the good brothers against judgment day. Could be that. I mean, their contracts are coming up soon or something, right? Oh, their contract. I mean, they're doing stuff with new Japan right now, but their impact stuff they're done with impact for now. Totally done. Like contracts totally. void at this point. Totally done. They did it. They worked out their contracts. It's they're focused on new Japan, but honestly, I think that might be somewhere we go. Cause they keep harping on the, Hey, AJ, you're alone. And you know, come on too sweet me. It's like you, this seems like the place to bring back the good brothers. Wouldn't that be interesting if they end up coming back after all the things that happened when it came to them? Hmm. I don't know. Speaking of Sami Zayn, though, you guys uh, like that honorary ooze stuff? That was the best segment <laughs> on wrestling TV last week. <laughs> that was so much fun. He's so everybody, good. Everybody played their role perfectly. Even, even just Jimmy, like, happily going along with Sami and Solo, just kind of stone face everybody in that segment was perfect yeah sammy's the 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 best right now he's just so effortlessly entertaining because he just gets this whole character of he is craving the acceptance of being part of the bloodline and roman is just feeding that because he knows that he's now got this this extra parts that he can (laughs) just throw to the walls and fight for his honor because he's so desperate to have a sense of belonging and it just sets out perfectly for the eventual eventually they're going to beat him up and throw him out of the group and the best thing about it will be when jimmy just kicks his kicks him in the face and knocks him out because him and jimmy actually seem to have a really good friendship on the surface so when jimmy just turns on him and beats the shit out of him that's going to feel like really tug at your heartstrings and yeah, I've, it, it all set up perfectly for what we all want, which is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to win the tag team titles eventually. Absolutely. Hopefully at Mania, if not potentially sooner. But I'd, I'd rather see it happen at Mania. So that was Monday Night Raw and, you know, I mean, there's other things, but who really cares? Uh, <laughs> 
let's go over to we're gonna save uh some AEW stuff for kind of wrapping that into um a couple other hot tag things but nxt was pre-recorded and we talked about some of that stuff ahead of time but now we've been able to see what happened with tony d'angelo in that match against wesley where he takes a drop toe hold into the turnbuckle the middle turnbuckle and seemingly a concussion though for some reason every report that i'm seeing online is basically saying this phrasing i don't really know why this is how they're going about it but that he is not going to need surgery and that he'll be back in a few weeks yep. yet, yet yep. nothing's really saying anything about like well why would he need surgery for a concussion he Why are you? Because it, it, you ignore the commentary. He injured, yeah, he injured his knee. You ignored the commentary. They said oh, I didn't hear that. Me. I didn't hear that on the commentary. That's why. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah. So what happened is the drop told hold happened, and it wasn't him going face first into the buckle that injured him. It was when he did the drop. Uh, when the drop toe hold happened, his knee hit the mat really hard. Ah, uh, okay. But then why did he seem like he was knocked loopy? He uh, maybe pain. he was maybe selling at that point. Oh, that too. <laughs> huh. All right, well, then that makes that a little bit easier to, uh, to understand that. Because I was like, why, why did everybody keep talking about a fucking surgery if he's like seemingly got a concussion or whatever? But yeah, okay. There, there you go. You learn something on your own podcast every once in a while. Um, so that's good news that he won't be needing the surgery and he'll just be able to rehab that per normal. And uh, I loved on this NXT episode the reference to the Steiner math. <laughs> thing where it's just well you know you got a 33 and a third percent chance of winning this triple threat and i love that the crowd starts chanting steiner math this is just so uh you turn into the skid with it i can't say that i loved though the table for three watched that over the past week and these episodes suck compared to what they used to be they're short as all hell they don't get into any discussion it's almost like they have one topic to talk about for about five minutes and then that's the end of it which yeah it's not what i'm clicking on table for three for i want to hear a couple people just kind of sit around and bullshit with each other and i can't recommend that episode for anybody but i do think that that little promo was fun and walking out of this we had this whole thing with the gallus brothers or the Gallus boys, I should say, because two of brothers, one's not. Gallus boys getting, quote-unquote, arrested. We got another suspension in the kayfabe sense going on. I think a little bit of an attempt to restore some of the credibility for them. But I skipped through this episode really fast. And I didn't even bother watching Sol Rucka, for instance. So uh, She's fine. I mean, she has, like, a really weird... You know, I'm so laid back. Her her music sounds like Wipeout, which is just like, really, is that all you can come up with for a surfer? It's just a generic <laughs> kind of sound. I don't know. But she's fine. Um, the rest of NXT, this is a, a standard episode. I like the idea of a triple threat at Halloween Havoc, but I'm not like over the moon about it. I'm kind of hoping, actually. That Dragonoff wins hmm. by pinning McDonough just so we can get something else. Cause I have not liked the Braun Breaker title defenses and the stories going into them, but I have enjoyed Braun Breaker as a wrestler. So I'm hoping he does something new. Any thoughts on NXT, Calum? 
Um, so Solrika, really green, like, and is a gymnast, and so she's doing a load of flippy, not just like flippy springboarding moves, but she's doing one of the moves that I hate most in wrestling, which is the handspring into the corner. Oh God, I hate that because it because it has no impact. Like you might as well just charge into them. You you you're deliberately taking impact out of it to do a few flips on the way there. And yeah, it looked bad. It was a bad match. And yeah, it it, it says something when Amari Miller is clearly the most proficient worker out of the two of them. <laughs> so, um, Grimes and Gacy stuff. Like I barely even paid much attention to that thing. I'm not really super into the whole story. Um, Dragonov, uh, Dragonov's great. Love Dragonov, and he had the best match of Zion Quinn's career so far. I loved his. He did this ridiculous. Well, I say ridiculous, but it was like it was great. It was awesome. Where he stood over Zion Quinn and then dropped down into the mount position while delivering like a giant forearm elbow to his neck, which basically just looked like he knocked Quinn out immediately. And just think, just pin him after that. And yeah, he just went on and just did a few more moves and pinned him soon after that. But he is just so effective, so so clinical and so proficient in the ring that. Yeah, I would love to see him be uh, NXT champion, but I'm almost certain he's just going to be used as a another stepping stone for Bron Baker, which is totally fine. That's the guy that they're backing right now. But uh, I would love to see him hold that title someday or hold a North American title or some other championship going forward because he's definitely good enough for it. Uh, well, talking about that as well, when we get a little bit more down the line here and get into the Halloween Havoc predictions coming around the 20th or so of October. And mostly that's the WWE side of the hot tags for me, except for something that you can see in the thumbnail headline right now, possibly changes to WWE day one, which to me is fundamentally, if there's a change, the fuck you doing it for <laughs> the whole point of it is that it's on January 1st. And if they change the date, why call it WWE day one? Why even do it to begin with? I really don't like the idea. What's that? I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I mean, it's day one. Right. That's the point. But then again, yeah. I mean, we've got Halloween havoc coming around like the 22nd or something. And then we've had new year's revolution, not on new year's. And, you know, so they might just be like, Oh, who cares? It's whatever. But I don't like day one. Not only for the idea of, I think it's kind of a stupid name, but I also don't want to fucking work on January 1st like that. And I hate that we do, you know, at the end of the year stuff like January 1st is a pain in the ass for me uh, this past time around because you got to figure we do all the awards things and stuff. Now, obviously, WWE is not factoring in my fucking work schedule because, you know, who the fuck am I compared to what they're doing? But we're doing the end of the year stuff. We're trying to relax a little bit because it's supposed to be a holiday and we're trying to knock out like the hot tags and whatever on midnight. I essentially have to go like, you know, Hey, happy new year. And then post a bunch of things because I want to get to, you know, the list of the heel and face turns of the year on January 1st and whatever. The way that my site is set up is like January 1st needs to be like when these things get posted or else it ends up getting posted in a different way and all that. 
and it doesn't automate it in the right possible way. So I'm working my ass off and whatever. I don't want to work a pay-per-view again because that was awful this time around, especially for the gimmick is just, huh, it's January 1st. Isn't that neat? No. And if they end up being like, okay, well, let's change it to January 2nd <laughs> or is that a Saturday? I think it's a Saturday. Um, no, January 1st is a Sunday. It's a Sunday this year. Yeah. So they can't even just be like, okay, well, we'll do it like that. The only, I guess, thing that they could do is technically if they did it on December 31st and then it was like, it ends at midnight and they go, ah, it's day one, you know, whatever, but that's still dumb too. Well, but why are you assuming that they're like, who says they're changing it? Cause I don't see anything that leads to that. I'll take it with a grain of salt, but Meltzer have been saying that there is a change coming and that they might change the date. So yeah, I doubt it. I, like, I really hope that they don't go. It's on January 7th. Now, unless, like, it was, unless it's completely out of their control, you know, like state farm arena, just like, you know, yeah, from, like something happens in Georgia and they're like, you can't do it on day one. Maybe. And you know what? If that is the case, just don't do it. I would much rather it just be like, hey, unfortunately, we decided not to do that, and we're just going to take a little bit more time to build towards the Royal Rumble. Well, they wouldn't do that. They would just change the name of the show. You think that that's what they would end up going? I think that they would yeah. just keep the name of the show, and they would just be like, who fucking cares? <laughs> you know? Well, it's not like they have, they don't have sets, you know, like they can just add a different graphic for. I don't know, New Year's Revolution or Armageddon or whatever the hell you want to call it. Hmm. I mean, that's a logical thing, but you can't judge everything by logic in pro wrestling. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I kind of want there to be a change just because I don't want this to, to go down the way that it is, but I don't know. If there's a change, you know it won't be doing less. What do you mean? Probably. You mean that they would end up just... It'll lead to more. Instead of less. Hmm. If there is a change, what would you like to see happen? Um, how little do you care? <laughs> oh, I was, I was still paying attention like minutes ago. Nice. Um, if, but if there was a change, I mean, you own you own New Year's Revolution. Just do that. I mean, would you rather see it on a different day? Or... Oh, no. I mean, I'm already assuming they're doing day one. Just do day one. I like... Just get out of the way. They're advertising. They've been advertising Brock Lesnar as being a part of that. And that's another story. That's kind of, you know, hearsay speculation, whatever of like, he's going to pop up a crown jewel. Oh no, he's not actually booked for anything anymore. So, I mean, they're kind of banking on that idea, at least for selling tickets right now, if they are selling tickets yet of, Hey, look at that. Day one is happening on day one and it's Brock Lesnar and who knows what's going to happen. But I don't think that that's going to be what we get. I don't think that they really necessarily prioritize this. Cause I think that this was like a Vince thing or a net con thing. If it's a net con thing, he'll put a little bit more effort into it. If it's a Vince thing, this will just be one of those other changes, but it's not going to happen next year the way that it had been happening because that would be on a Monday and maybe they just call it, Hey, it's a day one episode of Monday night raw or something, but I don't think we're getting day one past this next one if we get it at all so if the pay-per-view schedule does change we will let you know and we'll factor that into the beginning of the year or whatever it is that they decide to change on that but 
I don't have anything else on the WWE side of things to talk about for the hot tags. Am I missing anything? Didn't seem like I was. For my, I think so. my sweeps. Yeah, I don't think so. Nothing major. I mean, I still like uh, apparently Robert Rude went un- underwent some orthopedic treatment um, earlier. So, so I that's mean, that's probably part of the reason why he's, he's out been. today. Yeah. Like, so. I hope he's healthy. You know what I mean? The only other thing that I noted that could be WWE related, but isn't technically at the moment, or at least as far as we know, is that um, Cole Fredericks, who was previously from uh, previously of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I was born in the WWE Fallen Center earlier this week. And, yeah, so that could be an indication that they might be signing him in to join either NXT or WWE. Um, Obviously, you won't be familiar with him, Tony, because it's he's a New Japan and New Japan strong guy whose contract expired, I believe, in August. But he's pretty talented, pretty charismatic. But I think that... Yeah, and he's a tall guy as well. So I think that he kind of ticks all the boxes of, let's say, the old regime. But I think he also has the wrestling ability, the inbuilt wrestling ability, that he'd be able to stand out in this in in uh, Triple H's vision for WWE as well. So if they do so on him, I think it would be a really good uh, acquisition for them. And it's also it's a great hiring to say, hey, look, we're still hiring people with experience and people from Japan. So, you know, you can get excited about that as they try to integrate the two visions for NXT into one consolidated plan moving forward. I like yeah, the idea. I no idea who he is. <laughs> You're right. Um, I do see a little bit of the breakdown of what's supposed to happen on SmackDown tonight. Again, they're teasing that the tank for Shotzi might pop up. That's the, maybe the third week in a row that's been a case of, so take that with a grain of salt. And I have some weapons ringside, so that way I'm assuming it'll just be like Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey being like, I can use these because I can use them in that thing. Not the best feud going on. I'm very, very bland on this thing. And we got a lot of the same stuff. It looks like it's one of those episodes that doesn't really matter. Hit Row versus Los Lotharios, Shotzi versus Bailey. Ricochet, Mad Cat Moss against uh, Sami Zayn, Solo Sokoa. Eh. I had a feeling I'm going to end up not paying that much attention to this episode of SmackDown tonight. Yeah, it sounds a little skippable. Next week, oof, they're up against so much. I mean, Bound for Glory from, from Impact Wrestling is next Friday during all of this. I'm then sure that's where you're going to hurt that, right? No, <laughs> but then I, I think like from the wrestling perspective in terms Doesn't of... Help. Like, that's yeah. that's your go home show. Plus, you've got Bound for Glory. Plus, you've got a live rampage at ten, and then you've got a live Battle of the Belts at eleven, and then Extreme Rules. I mean, so next weekend's going to be a little packed, and hopefully SmackDown brings the heat because they can have good shows on Friday nights when they want to. That Battle of the Belts thing—they're airing that live, right? Yeah, because they had the like. Something happened on Saturday. They have to switch that around. Well, uh, I don't know the reasoning, but I do know that they are airing it live. Tony Khan confirmed it today on Twitter. Hmm. I guess the other thing wrestling related with WWE or uh, anything else about those white rabbit Easter eggs. I haven't actually been following it, to be honest. I haven't bothered to like click on any of the QR codes or there's like some kind of coordinates this time around. Hmm. You know, I'm like, ah, just wait for Bray Wyatt. 
<laughs> you should. I, it's I have to give them credit for what they're doing here. It's been very. It's unique. It's fun. They bothered to put Alistair Black's lyrics in the website, sort like in the source coding for the website. So people found that they think, hey, maybe it's not Bray Wyatt. Maybe it's you know Alistair. They're they're trying, and I give them all the credit in the world for that because they're doing some unique marketing with this one. Uh, if we're talking Alistair Black, we should talk about Malachi Black and get into some of that discussion because he did what I think more people should do in the celebrity space. If you have people reporting something that's not true and it doesn't do you any harm to give the truth, I don't understand why people don't just address something and nip it in the bud. And, you know, maybe they can get something out of it sometimes where just keeping their name out in public will give them like free press. And, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity in some people's minds. Tell that to some people who could cancel it and whatnot. But he finally was like, can everybody shut the fuck up? Essentially, I'm not leaving AEW. I'll be back there in a few weeks. I'm just taking some time off. And I thought that was such a fresh, uh, a breath of fresh air to not have to keep talking about this. Like, Ooh, maybe this is whatever. Maybe that. And he's just like, no, I'm taking time off. I'll be back in AEW. And it seems like the same is happening with buddy Matthews where everybody was like, Oh, he's going to be leaving. And, there was some, I don't know if it was Melter or from somebody else, but there was some kind of talk about the people that have significant others in WWE all want to come back, which would point to Selena Vega and the fact that Rhea Ripley and Buddy Murphy are a couple and, you know, the idea of people here and there. You start speculating on that and you take that as like a fact or whatever. It seems like that makes a lot of sense. And then for it to just be like, no. We're just taking time off or whatever. Cool. I like that. I thought that that was a refreshing change of pace. How'd you guys feel about the whole Malachi Black thing? Well, he did that because of the the source code thing came out. And he's like, okay, let's stop this because I'm not. It's not me. Um, I think he's well within his right to, you know, say, chill. I'm taking time off. You know, let's not continue doing this same with Matthews I think you know if you can absolutely dispute something then go ahead and do it you know I, I'm with him in that regard this is a very loaded topic I would say because there's while I definitely would commend Malachi Black for coming out and speaking his mind, especially in a position that he's in where he's made it very clear to a lot of people that he's been struggling with his mental health and there's been issues surrounding, like, it, it not not within his family per se, but, like, some, like, close people in his life, even passing away or all, all this stuff. So he's had a rough go of things, and so he is well within his rights if what people are speculating about him is damaging to his mental well-being, then he should have a right to call people out on it. But on the flip side of that, him then going off on people for essentially doing, again, certain people, because it's the way he terminate, term, well, 
use the term wrestling media. And that's probably the biggest issue about it is the fact that he painted wrestling media with the same brush, which is not good because on one side of things, you've got credible, legitimate reporters like Sean Rossap and Dave Meltzer and Mike Johnson and people like that who are actually who actually go out there, talk to sources, get it verified, get everything checked out before they open their mouth and say things. And then on the other side of things, you have your zero news who sit behind a a uh, anonymous Twitter profile and spell out things which are completely bullshit. And, and that's probably more of the side of things that Black would have an issue with. But there seems to be, like, because of what he said about that and saying about all the rest of the media is incorrect, and a lot of that points to some stuff that was reported on things like the Observer Newsletter and Fightful Select about how he, like, there are sources suggesting that he does want to leave AEW or he spoke to someone about wanting to go back to WWE and all this stuff surrounding wanting to ask him for the release of his contracts and all this stuff that Black outright uh, denies. It's basically then taking the ire away from Black, who was receiving unwarrantedly like death threats and abuse and all this stuff about wanting to leave AEW and wanting to go back to WWE and all this stuff about leaving the company and all that stuff. And then it's now trajected that onto people like Sean, I Meltzer imagine, and, and, Sean. Yeah, Meltzer okay. and Sean and stuff like that, who are now now in the eye of people saying, hey, why did you spread all this bullshit about Malachi Black? Which essentially what they do is they go and find sources and sources tell them information and they report on it. That's their jobs. And <laughs> as, long as, they're, as long as they're doing it through the right channels and going about it the right way, there shouldn't be that much of an issue surrounding it. And if it's incorrect, then... Obviously, Malachi Black's been his right to say what his truth is on the situation. But he's also putting himself into a corner because if he... I'm not saying he will do this because he said forthrightly that he won't. But if he goes back to WWE after this, basically what he's saying is, yeah, everything I said, total bullshit. Don't believe anything. Me saying don't believe all the wrestling media. Actually, don't believe me because I'm completely working you on all this stuff. So, So he has to... You have to imagine that he probably should needs to follow through on his what he said now. Well, that's one something we've talked about here and there over these you know ten years of doing this podcast, where it's annoying as all hell if somebody does the bullshit where they're like, "Don't believe everything you read online; it's total nonsense," and then it ends up being true. Then they go, "Well, oh, I wasn't going to confirm it," and yeah, you don't have to confirm or deny when those things happen. And I think it's kind of shitty to throw reporters under the bus just for the sake of i wanted to throw you off the scent of the thing that you got which was totally true but i'm assuming that he's telling the truth but i then agree with you on the idea that i mean when the discourse becomes people reacting stupidly like that that's not necessarily his fault but it's just a matter of god damn it people stop being so shitty don't send death threats to people for friggin' anything let alone wrestling it's like yeah it doesn't fucking matter you know and why are you going to be so upset about it? Like if you are, that's your life is being a pro wrestling fan or whatever. You can be passionate about it in so many different ways that are healthy. And no matter who it is or what topic it is, if you're like a K-pop fan or you're into, you know, deadly into the MCU versus uh DC film 
black adam's going to be better than anything from the mcu and i'll friggin' kill you otherwise or something it's like why do you know that guy because <laughs> I, I don't know anyone who who meets that criteria but i'm sure if you I, you give twitter search one thing i'm sure you're gonna find a, a thousand examples you know so my thing is and thank you Callum, for bringing that up because i was gonna try to just go okay he's within his right to dismiss things but when i see the discourse that i see with like people going after sean and then sean tweeting you know i have receipts and then having to delete that tweet because it comes off as insensitive i think of it like this there's no reason that malachi black's mental health issues and a potential desire to go back to WWE and potential unhappiness with the way his first year in AEW has been. There's no reason for these things to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. There's zero reason for that. There's no reason to say that, you know, someone like Sean Ross Sapp hasn't heard, hey, maybe he's wishing he didn't leave WWE so abruptly. That doesn't mean that he's going to leave AEW. It means hey, he's had these conversations. And Sean Ross Sapp is not the kind of person who just spouts out random nonsense a la, uh, you know, burner Twitter account like Wrestle, like Zero News or anything like that. And I just don't understand why it has to be black and white all the time. That's what everybody acts like these days, you know. Ironically, you know, with a guy like Malachi Black, whose whole gimmick (laughs) is, you know, Things are not black and white. No man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil. Like these things don't have to be mutually exclusive. And I know that Black and Zelina, they have feelings towards the wrestling media and certain reports and stuff like that. But Callum is absolutely right. It sucks to paint everybody in one, you know, in with one brush because there's such a stark difference between a Sean Ross Sapp and a Zero News, and then even like a Wrestling Inc. Everybody brings something different to the table and i just think it's bullshit that it's like okay well now we're gonna attack sean like no don't do that don't do that to anyone don't do it to black for wanting to leave for wwe if he does that's his (laughs) prerogative you know just stop being a fucking asshole it's kind of where i land yeah why do you need to find who you need to attack why are you attacking anyone why aren't you just reading the news report letting the people do their jobs if they do it wrong, then eventually it comes out. If they do it right, then eventually it comes out. Like, I mean, I will, yeah, I, the uh, wrestle votes, for instance, that account seems to be pretty spot on. There's been a few things that haven't worked out all that well, but for the most part, if it ends up being like, Hey, I'm hearing that this is supposed to be an episode where maybe this happens. And then it tends to happen. I'm going to kind of buy into maybe they have a source that's actually telling them the truth. And then when you get people that just make shit up, you know, obviously you don't believe in them anymore. And reporters jobs are to report things. If you don't like it, don't click on the website. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it, it does like, again, it's the inherent tribalism that extends across all type of wrestling. And now it's just going to case of like the people who, were upset that all oh, Malachi Black is leaving AEW and he's going back to WWE, going after him, and so he in turn has basically denied all that stuff, and that means that all those people are now turning all the, all of his fans are now turning their attention to the 
quote unquote evil wrestling media that don't get anything right at all. And so, yeah, nobody's helping anybody in this uh, situation. And I thought, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think that we have to at least have some empathy towards Black because of the situation mm-hmm. that he's found himself in. That there is a situation that has led him to wanting to take time away from pro wrestling. And at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really affect me and it shouldn't affect anybody else, whether he wants to work for AEW, whether he wants to work for WWE, anything like that. It's like, that's his prerogative one way or the other. As far as, well, and and if he, if he, if the idea was that eventually he, Again, I'm not saying that he does or he doesn't, but if he did want to leave AEW and want to get a release from them, then that would be something for them to settle out and it shouldn't be anything that should concern anybody outside of him, Tony Khan, and anybody else that would be involved in those sort of transactions. It's like, it's to do with them. And, but yeah. And, and also, I don't blame the reports for reporting the stuff that they're talking about because that, the, like, that is their job. That is how they make their money. And if as long as they're going about it the right way, they have every right and every right to to do it to do their jobs so so yeah i think all of this stuff all this uh ferrari over it the fact that black had to go out on instagram live and just call out all this stuff it's just absolutely bullshit situation he should be no he should like yeah good on him for wanting to take that action but he the fact that he has to take action in the first place is absolute bullshit and it mm-hmm. speaks to a, a subsection of wrestling fans that really should just crawl in a hole and die it's not even just necessarily wrestling fans. It's people in general, because there's this, like, you spoke to the idea of tribalism. I think that it carries over into other things too, where I've said it a million times. I am not a celebrity worship type person. I've never quite understood this. And you get people that they make their dedicated fan accounts to pretend like they're the people and they're obsessed with them. And, People care about the stupidest things when it comes to celebrities because they just hear our worship and they, with social media the way that it is now, people forget that that line is still there and they think that blurring that line means that they're friends with these people. And like, it's not your responsibility at all to be invested in any fashion in some kind of personal thing that malachi black is going through in his life well, like if I think, he I think got, oh, go ahead Sorry. i was gonna say if he has to go like hey look i'm taking time off because i'm you know feel dealing with depression or i'm dealing with family issues or whatever it might be it really it doesn't matter if it's just a matter of like look i'm not taking time off for an injury i'm taking time off for personal reasons it should basically be okay well then we move on and we don't talk about it anymore and when it gets into the contract speculation and things like, Hey, we're hearing that maybe he might be interested in going back to WWE. Then that becomes a discussion point for something like a podcast like this, where it's like, Oh, you know what? Like that has implications of maybe there's something going on in AEW that there's the things to talk about, or maybe let's fantasy book. If he were to go back, like who would we see him go up against? Do you want him to be against the judgment day? Or do you want him to be, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You get into those kind of discourse. But when people like fight for people online or they try to like dig into those things, or as we've talked about, you try to argue pro or against the reporters that are doing that kind of thing, you're expending so much energy on something that ultimately doesn't really affect you outside of just watching somebody on a TV show. Like, don't get obsessed with celebrities, just enjoy their 
stuff that they put out. You're going to be a lot yeah. happier. And I mean, you said it best. It's not just a wrestling thing. It's people develop these weird attachments to people. But in this case in particular, I think there is there is some guilt on many parties, you know, because like black shouldn't be going on. Well, just, you know, fuck the wrestling news, because, again, if this is something credible that you've heard, you can't just sick the hounds on the wrestling news because you're mad that they heard it. Yeah. You know, I can understand your desire for privacy, but then that's when you go. Okay, maybe the best bet is to not say anything because you're just fanning the flames, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you are just going to end up in AEW, then sit back, heal yourself and let them see you back in AEW. And that's why hopefully it's the end of that discussion and it's not some kind of bullshit. And he's just like, look, I'm going to be back in AEW. I'm taking time off. That's the end of it. And then he just pops back up and that's the end of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just two more details before we again move on. Unless that new woman else wants to bring up some stuff. But first of all, just to add on to the whole celebrity worship thing, totally in agreement. But I also feel like, especially not so much with just wrestling characters, but again, with just celebrity in total, it's, it's actually like the obsession with a concept of the person and the complete detachment of the person that's actually there. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you would never, like, there's people on Twitter that say all this stuff and put all these death threats out there. They'd never say that to someone's face. No. So it's just not. like, it's it's that added layer of anonymity and then also the fact that they seem to forget that there is actually a person behind that character. And there's a person behind every profile. It's like, I can't imagine what Black's going through in his life right now, one way or the other, especially in this, it's getting, like, constant barragement from just these random eggs on twitter just giving him abuse for no for seemingly no good reason i can't think that's obviously helping his situation and then the transfer that onto people like yeah any of the members of the wrestling media that are just doing their jobs and just like getting shit for it just you know actually again i'm sure most of our listeners aren't of that ilk or any of them hopefully but it's just uh, if you are one of those people just like take a look Stop. at yourself and yeah, and, and, <laughs> and think you're actually probably hurting someone so and not helping yourself in the process so that's that i'm here there and secondly i think uh, i listened to a um podcast uh, by um wrestle talk earlier in the day which talked about the subject and i'd urge people to listen to it as well it was a very good discussion but what another thing they brought up which i think is very salient to this point as well is that a lot of this stems from uh, again i don't want to castigate them too badly but there is two people in particular bruce pritchard and eric bischoff who seem to start off and popularize this trend of Meltzer has no idea what he's talking about and this whole thing of like basically starting off every podcast or talking about in everything things like oh Meltzer said this because they would read excerpts from the newsletter and this that yeah that's total bullshit that totally didn't happen and I think that they've started to them and others going forward have started to build up this trend and this whole concept that the whole wrestling media is biased and they have no idea what they're doing because they're not in the business. And I think the more they do that, the overall more damaging is going to be when these sort of things do come to light that 
the more that they want to separate themselves from wrestling media or think that they are above being reported on in the same way that any sports TV show, anything like that is reported on and things are spoken about, the more they want to try and keep themselves as above that or something that's beyond it because of the whole secret wrestling code, the more they're just going to lead themselves into this really hostile, toxic environment. And make asses of themselves too, because when they end up being right, then it ends up being, you know, Hey, look at like the edge situation for a couple months. It was like, yeah, edge is going to be back at the Royal rumble. And he was like, I don't know why you people are believing this. It's not going to happen. And then he comes out at the Royal rumble and he admits in a, an interview thing afterward. Yeah. Yeah, I had to throw you off. I wasn't going to give that one away. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah that's, that's totally fine. I think it's just the idea that they need to have, there needs to be a, a better relationship between the people in wrestling and the people reporting on it. There needs to be a bit more of an understanding that this is this is our relationship and it doesn't need to be, it doesn't mean to be super close. You don't have to tell us all your secrets or anything like that, but mm-hmm. just an understanding that we are going to report on things, good and bad. So just kind of, I don't say go with it, but just like, don't be deliberately an, like anti-us or try and rile people up to just basically say that anything this guy reports is total bullshit. In fact, you should highlight the people that are doing their job pro- properly and then pull, pull out the people who are like talking bullshit. Yeah, because when you do that and you start calling out your Zero News and your Brad Shepherds and all those other shit stirrers, you then can then emphasize people that are credible and do do good work. And then it's just like, okay, I can kind of trust those people. And I only listen to those people because they do their job properly. And all the other ones can just die in the void. Here's what I'll say to that. I think Triple H and Tony Khan have done wonders in that regard. By, you know, normalizing things like the media scrums and kind of saying, like, this is the relationship we have. And, yes, you've seen the ugly in that recently with things like CM Punk. But you've also seen (laughs) a a more openness in communication. And I think that you're right. Like, we do need more of that going forward because the world, it's changed so much. And I think that's one of the things I've always felt very hesitant about in wrestling is that. Even the people who are talking, they might the next day say, ah, those dirt sheets, you never, you can't trust them because it's so easy to throw, you know, websites under the bus because of the past mindset. And I think that now is the time to change that. And examples like this are a perfect reason why, you know, Black, I understand wanting to keep certain things personal and secret, but at the same time, you know, don't. Don't make things more negative than they need to be. And it's funny you mentioned about like, uh, you know, trying to make the media scrums a thing and up being in Nick's situation and it causes a major shitstorm. But, um, you know, there is something to be said about not making an enemy out of somebody who can be your friend. And, you know, when it comes to like the paparazzi, I am very much against the paparazzi in a lot of sense. Like you see people hounding people and, you know, they can't even like walk outside of their home without having people right up in their face. And it's absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know why it's uh, considered legal, but 
you, you are in the interest of promoting yourself too. And it's funny when say WWE goes to like Forbes and they go, Hey, we want you to run this story so that we, we can get publicity from it. And then they go, ah, look at that. It's uh, broken by Forbes. A sports illustrated broke this story and whatever media is totally fine in that front but it's not like fightful can't do that but then when you know when somebody like a fightful or you know whatever it might be ends up being like hey we're hearing that they're probably gonna even something like potentially make a change with day one oh it's bullshit don't listen to that until we want them to run the story and then we're gonna go hey guys can you (laughs) report that like just be just be friends with each other why not (laughs) you don't have to make an enemy out of something there doesn't have to be a bad guy in every situation and if you are just one of those people on twitter that is following the news story you can say your opinion about it that's the whole point you can go man i really hope that block stays in AEW, or you know i i do think that they haven't been using buddy murphy all that well and maybe he would be better off in wwe or whatever your opinion is i don't know i i disagree with that point but um you could say that, but don't start into the whole like, yeah, you know what? Fuck Dave Meltzer for doing this, or I'm going to be super, I'm going to make a, an account that's dedicated towards trashing this other account because they're, they're bad reporters. Just like, go to sleep, take a nap, eat something. You'll feel better tomorrow. <laughs> Speaking as a verified Twitter person, going yeah, to hang my hat. Going to hang my hat on that. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and your blue tick. <laughs> As a verified Twitter account, I can say, no, I'm not going to be that kind of an asshole. Um, yeah, so it seems like Buddy and Black are potentially not leaving AEW, which, you know, if you're a fan of House of Black, maybe they turn things around. If you are disappointed that they aren't coming back to WWE, then you're well within that point, too. But let's see what happens. And then judge what happens based off of that. I will say I'm not really enjoying House of Black, but to be perfectly honest, if either of them went to if either of them went to WWE, I'd be like, oh, you know, House of Black's got some good stuff to him, and Buddy Murphy's fun in the ring, but I don't think that they would really make a splash. So, at the end of the day, my big investment in this is I'm curious if there is any disappointment in AEW that would want them to go to WWE. And I hope whatever backstage stuff is happening in their personal life gets fixed. <laughs> Speaking of potential disappointment in AEW, Andrade is one who's always tweeting free El mm. Idolo. And what do you sure. think about that? I mean, he is another person where his significant other, Charlotte, is in WWE. So it could be in that kind of range. Miro seems to have fun with it. <laughs> Always tweeting out some stuff. Of, you didn't even tag me in this, assholes and stuff. Um, I think that the Andrade thing, from knowing f- fuck all about the situation, of course, take you know my opinion as my opinion. I think that the Andrade thing's probably got more likes to it than the black thing. Yeah, there's that. just knowing, just seeing the reaction to that. I feel like. You know, maybe there could be something there. But I also feel like, and this is something too, just because you signed with AEW, I don't know if people should have just expected that they were going to be handed world championships. Like, 
maybe everybody's got their moment in the sun and you know AEW just signed Roosh maybe Andrade is going to be better used going forward so I hope he's not just kind of throwing in the towel because that would suck and and, and again I don't want to like overstate it or like even understate the value or anything like that but I do kind of subscribe to what Tony was, Tony was saying earlier is just the idea of yeah they'll go from being mid-card guys in AEW to being mid-card guys in WWE Correct, and it's just like, yeah, uh, uh, and at the end of the day, if that's the case, then they should probably, in an ideal world, work in the place which they think they'll just get the most enjoyment of just being in the backstage environment. Because realistically, they're not going to. None of those guys are going to be world champion. They might have like a nice, comfortable like mid card title run every now and again, but they're just going to be like supporting players for the most part. For everybody who thinks that Andrade is just one match away from being the next Eddie Guerrero, which of course he doesn't have almost anything that equates him to Eddie Guerrero other than being an entertaining performer in his own right. But everybody does the whole, it's the next this, it's the next that. I kind of don't expect there to be that transition of when he went to AEW, he was going to win the world title. Oh, if he comes back to WWE, he's going to beat Roman and become uh, the champion of WWE or anything. And maybe some people are pissed about that too. Maybe they do come to AEW expecting that they're going to be the biggest thing in the world. And suddenly you're not the big fish in a small pond that you thought that you were. And you're just another guy. Maybe that's kind of how it works, but it's the fundamental thing. AEW is actually a pretty big pond. When you look at it, it's like yeah, and it's, grew it's, exponentially. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the guys they've got at the top of the order, like Jericho and Moxley and Omega and the Hangman and all this other stuff. Like they've got some really, really top level names. It's going to be hard. It's hard to break through that ceiling. Like people like um, Darby Allen, who've been there since day one, definitely built up like a strong following for them. They they still feel like a level below the really top top main event. So Andrade coming in and yeah, obviously he has a lot of credibility from WWE, but I don't know whether that's translated enough, especially probably due to the fact that he's only had 14 matches since joining, 14 televised matches since uh, joining AEW. And that was like a year and a half ago. Probably definitely could be in the ring a bit more. Hmm. Well, Although, go ahead. Um, now if we're going to keep talking about just, people on the outside of WWE and will they, won't they, and social media. Sasha Banks officially dropping the Sasha Banks from her social media profiles. Her Twitter is now at Mercedes Renato, and her Instagram is now uh, the Mercedes Renato. So a step further doesn't mean that she's not going back, obviously, but a step further away from the world of wrestling and more into just the embracing her personal brand. I don't blame her for that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's, I've said this many times. I think it's very cool to see her and Naomi for that matter, thriving outside of WWE. Now we did yeah. something based off of promoting Thor recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she did like this little advert thing where she's holding up. Uh, is it Mjolnir? That was mm-hmm. called. Yeah, I know, I know, I know Marvel. So I know, <laughs> that, that's to be fair, that's probably more North history. But that's like, <laughs> I think but, I think it's cool that they're you know, I I just enjoy seeing them thrive. Yeah. 
And as Rob says, it's not necessarily like a a one way or the other type thing because you know, like Alexa Bliss is Lexi Kaufman on her social channels and stuff like that. So it's not like there is there is a more uh, a growing trend of uh, male and female wrestlers using their real names as their social handles because at the end of the day, that's the the characters they play. They're essentially actors playing characters, so yeah. you wouldn't have like Ryan Reynolds doesn't call himself Deadpool on the. On 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 Twitter, <laughs> he practically does, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, he might as well. A different uh, topic for another thing, but a uh, man, Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, pretty cool. Another one who might as well call himself Wolverine on every right. yeah. social media platform. But the uh, uh, the topic of people and you know different contracts and all that, there are a couple other things to talk about with that. The uh, Roosh signing that you mentioned, he is officially a part of AEW now. We've got. The possible signings coming up of Bandito and Juice Robinson. Seems like AEW is looking to sign them. Nothing has been reported that they've, you know, put pen to paper or anything, but you would imagine that they probably are looking into that because Juice Robinson is no longer contracted with New Japan. For instance. Um, I think Juice seems likely. I think Bandito would be likely. He's very good. I enjoyed his master with jericho and yeah that'd be cool to see them both in AEW. is just robinson no longer signed with him or is that is no longer signed with them or is that him just saying that he's no longer signed with them because that's what he did last time you know what you're right he did do that before that's what he did uh before joining bullet club which is he's part of the affiliation there with them now and being part of new japan still he basically didn't he uh, again i don't know whether this is accurate or not rob you're gonna have to like cut me off if i'm being incorrect here, but didn't he try and get sean ross out to report that his contract was expiring when it wasn't i, I believe i believe i do remember that yes so yes so, he, so he's, he's, a, he's a, a guy that yeah he's a guy that likes to work people so i wouldn't necessarily buy into the idea that he is a free agent AEW might be interested in signing him i think based on the match that he had with moxley He's obviously he's he's a talented worker, and he's obviously married to Tony Storm. It would probably be quite convenient for him if he is part of AEW. So if he does, that's totally great. Um, they would need to do more on establishing his character, and he would definitely not need to. He definitely would need to not be in the Bullet Club anymore because he doesn't he doesn't work in the Bullet Club. But he's rock hard. <laughs> yeah, since uh, I don't uh, follow this, I heard that the other day of rock hard Juice Robinson. I was just like, uh. I hear that right. <laughs> so, uh, my comment on that was I texted someone. I said, How is someone both rock hard and juice? I said, Is he from Concentrate? Well, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, um, he's married to Tony Storm. So <laughs> yeah. That, 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 I guess that, under, that, 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 uh, that explains it all. I guess that explains all of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The Bandido signing, that would be really good. Like, Bandido's an excellent worker. He's one of the uh, best luchadors in the world. And so he's right up there with, like, your Phoenixes, Pentagons, Rey Mysterios, those type of names. But the thing that separates him from those ones is he can do all the cool, flippy lucha stuff. But then he's also extremely powerful, as as was demonstrated in the match with Jericho at uh, the main event of Dynamite, where he lifted the 200-plus-pound guy with one arm over his head for about two or three seconds so so yeah i think that would be i think that would be an excellent sign if he, he got over in one night in the way that robinson kind of did 
didn't in his match with Moxley. So, so, so I'd be a big thumbs up for that signing. What do you guys think about the Bobby Fish situation? That's another <laughs> thing. I, do you really want to know what I think about the Bobby Fish situation? Yes, I do. Look, I, I <laughs> think pretty it's absolutely... For anybody who doesn't ahead. know, this is what the stuff, the, you know, the, the talk has been around, that potentially Bobby Fish tried to get Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly to leave with him to go back to WWE, and they said no, and told... Tony Khan, and then that led to Bobby Fish's exit, and then now he is a part of semi a part. I don't know if he's really signed with them or not, but he's he, not signed to Impact. I think they Bobby at least Fish gave him a platform to go fuck other people. <laughs> yeah, because they're Impact, and right. that's what they do. Yeah. Like I, I hate it so much. All I wanted, and you guys know this very much, is just the Undisputed Era under the same roof, and I don't know why. He would try to get them to go back to WWE, you know, especially when, like, maybe he was signed for a year, but it's at least known that Cole is signed for five. You know, that there's this weird thing that, like, guys, just because WWE is changing, you don't just get out of contracts like that on either end. I mean, yes, when, you know, Ali trying to get out of WWE when they're releasing 50 people at a time seemed messed up, but you don't just go... Oh man, I wish I didn't sign that contract. I'm gonna get out of it now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a contract. <laughs> I don't understand that mentality. But just like Bobby Fish ending up in Impact and not being in AEW and the state of the Undisputed Era as a whole, it breaks my heart. And like I just, I really was hoping for something fun from those guys, and it seems like maybe that ship has long sailed. I don't know how much I buy into the whole idea of him basically trying to recruit Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and get them all to just up and leave AEW and try and get out of their contracts. I think that I think that's just speculation people have come up with. I mean, I, as I say, it's like we totally unfounded or I totally struggle to believe it. No, but I think it might be something that people have just come up with or rapidly just um, speculated because of the way that he left the company where it might just be the fact of, and they don't really want to use him at the moment because Adam Cole's out injured and we don't know when he's going to be back and Kyle O'Reilly's really injured and we have no idea when he's going to be back. So like, it makes no sense to have Bobby Fish under full time contracts. If you're not planning on using him that much and maybe, maybe he wanted to go back to WWE. Maybe the fact that he's an impact seems to point against that, but you never know. But it's it's all this whole again these whole rumors surrounding the people who were contacted by WWE and the people that supposedly were contacted by WWE about trying to get out of their contracts. The ones we're at least seemingly aware of were Swerve and FTR. So like we know well, at least like the reports suggest, reports suggest that they were contacted and trying to get out of the contract and they basically said no and i think swerve is one of the ones that they're told is like going to tony khan saying yeah they wanted me out of my contract but i don't want to go anywhere so fundamentally as you guys said these guys have contracts they're probably going to stay out they stay in the contracts unless one side wants to break it or like both well, both sides agree to break it and until then there's really no point speculating about it because 
what what is exciting and what people should be excited about is the fact that there are two strong right. wrestling companies in North America now, and that means we've got bidding wars, and that means yeah. wrestlers are going to be making more money, which is good because if there's a lot of money in wrestling, it should be going mostly to the wrestlers because they're the ones that are putting their bodies on the line week in week out for people's entertainment. And that um, also means like you know wrestlers can stay fresh. You won't see as many people getting as stale as, you know, Dolph Ziggler did for staying with WWE and not moving up for 10 years, you know? Yeah. It's an opportunity for people to explore other pastures, explore other characters and dimensions of themselves, as well as potentially, like, find something in one promotion that they weren't able to unlock in the other one. So... Like one, especially with Triple H now at the helm, I feel confident that both sides could find a lot of creative uh, fulfillment on both sides of it. So now, but the, obviously the difference then is it's a case of money, and WWE has more money, but not every top guy can sign WWE because then eventually, if you WWE signs all top guys, then some of those top guys can't be on the top. It's just the way things work. So AEW will keep some of the top guys because. First of all, they don't want to work with WWE or they really have an affinity with AEW. But also, it gives them potentially more of a chance to be the star of that promotion than potentially that you're going to get in WWE. Because, frankly, no one's going to be the top star in WWE until Roman retires. Yeah. Well, we might not be too far off from that. I mean, the way that he And keeps, then Cody uh... retires. Okay, yeah, and then that's fair. <laughs> and then Bron and then Bron Breaker retires. And then, <laughs> then, then you could be the next one. So those are like the contract things that I've been hearing about. Um, you want one more contract thing that might break your heart. WWE content is no longer listed as expiring on Hulu. Uh, so there's no, <laughs> that doesn't mean that they've agreed to a new deal, but you know, it's no longer saying it's expiring. Uh, come on. <laughs> God damn it. If you're going to keep the friggin' show, at least put it on your page of the shows like well, why I think it's more about the other content that's on hulu not main event you know if they keep the the hulu thing going and they just run like you, know, you can find recaps of raw and smackdown then okay just stop doing main event that's all i'm asking it's completely pointless you don't need to have akira tozawa versus mustafa lee and cedric alexander against shelton benjamin and t-bar you have five fucking people that wrestle on this show Every week, and nobody watches it because nobody even knows that it exists. I don't know a single person that watches main event out of all the people between multiple websites where it's our job to watch these things. So, how do they possibly expect people, the casuals, to be caring about this whatsoever, especially when you don't have it up on the show's page? God, I hate this with passion. So dumb. Anyway, <laughs> dynamite happened. We got the falling out of uh, Daniel Garcia with the whole situation with, um, you know, Jericho Appreciation Society at the beginning of this whole thing, and Brian Danielson putting out the offer: "Hey, if you want to join the BCC, you can do that. If you want to do this, you can do that. And everything." What do you guys think about that segment? I'm so excited about this whole thing. And obviously I know I'm the guy that's like comes out and say how great AEW is, but I'm genuinely like really interested in this because there's so many elements to it that I like. First of all, the Jericho thing. Jericho's Ring of Honor World Champion. That's great. 
but it also his mission he's pointed out and it started on this episode is that he wants to be every single ring of honor world champion previously that he can get access to I, I doubt that Cody is going to be one of them and a few other people that might be a bit problematic to wrestle against, but we'll see. Um, but there's a lot of people under this. Obviously, you wrestle Bandito on this show, but then there's obviously Brian Danielson, there's Samoa Joe, there's Jay Lethal, there's Dalton Castle, there's Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. There's a lot of people, obviously, it depends on how long he holds the title for, but there's a lot of people who fit into the bracket of former Ring of Honor world champion that they can have Jericho wrestle. So I'm really down for the story. It's the most interested that I've been in since the Ring of Honor uh, brand joined in with AEW to like how interested I am in the title and where things are going with Jericho holding it and basically saying, yeah, I'm just going to take on everyone that's a former champion. So I love that aspect. The Daniel Garcia thing is interesting because this is the first time since this whole breakaway started that I considered the thought. And again, I'm also like... In a Brian Alvarez's review of the show as well, he brought up this point as well. So I kind of like have taken it from there as well. It's the first time I thought that he might not turn on the Jericho Appreciation Society. Because I think, the, he was I think we close. might be heading to a, for a horseman beatdown. I I, th- I can see that because he was like too comfortable with with like yeah I'm on a team with Danielson yeah I could see it being a swerve. Yeah, because it's the whole idea of like the fact that he's so openly now saying that he wants to join Danielson or he's so against the Jericho thing. Why is he still with the Jericho Appreciation Society? Why is he still coming out with the? That's made me feel like, okay, he's laying on really thick now that he's against sports entertainment and he wants to be a wrestler again. That what's going to happen is he's going to have that that match with Jericho and Danielson's going to happen on October 12th. It's October 12th, right? whatever day it is, yeah. two weeks from now, whatever, in Toronto. And Daniel, uh, Danielson's going to look like he's going to win and Daniel Garcia is going to fuck him over and he's going to reiterate his allegiance to sports entertainment and the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I think that will make him like one of the most, one of the biggest heels in the entire promotion because everyone wants to see him join Blackpool Combat Club. And so for him to just, again, turn his back on it and just reiterate the fact that he's a professional wrestler, he, he's a sports entertainer, not a professional wrestler, I think that could really get him a lot of really good heat. So I'm not saying that was definitely the direction they'll take. It might just, again, be leading to Garcia versus Jericho at the next Ring of Honor show, and I'd be totally cool with that as well. But I like the fact that I've now got that element of doubt that there's another direction they could go with this rather than the obvious one. Big fan of everything that they're doing with Jericho. Because honestly, like, Davey Richards stepped up and said he wouldn't mind fighting Jericho. He's currently with MLW, but I'm sure they can make that work. Um, You do have Joe. I I assume, you know, there's certain names that you won't be able to see. But, hey, if Jerry Lynn has one in him, you got Jerry Lynn. You've got, you know, they're already doing Danielson. I think Joe is final battle. I think they should merge that uh, TV title too because it ain't got TV. I'm gonna beat that <laughs> drum. I'm gonna beat that drum until they do something about it because it makes no sense to me. Um, it, it's really cool, and you've got a lot of great champions. Daniels, I believe, is a former Ring of Honor World mm. Champion. You've got him to work with. I wish for five seconds they would just drop the 
brand lines because you've got Owens and Zayn and Cody and Wild on one side, and that'd be fun to see. Like, and yeah, I hope the Warner Brothers guys would just like yeah. get, get the signs and decide. Yeah, let's, let's have let's have a Jay Briscoe <laughs> wrestle on on Dynamite, maybe. Dearest to merge. You do have Jay Briscoe as well, which you can always do under the Ring of Honor umbrella because they yeah. are signed to Ring of Honor. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like a uh, free agent guys. Like you got Homicide there that you could do something with, and like. Uh, I don't. I don't know what Jamie Noble is doing right now. Actually, he's like, is he is he's, he still WWE? He's still stopping backstage fights in WWE, I believe. <laughs> okay, so I wouldn't be able to get that one. But uh, but there's plenty of like former Ring of Honor world champions just out there. Either like you got like if your relationship with Impact is still somewhat strong, you've got both Matt Taven and PCO over there as well. So like, there's a smorgasbord of people for Jericho to be up until the point that he eventually drops the title to whoever he ends up dropping it to. I assume, like, on Battle of the Belts, he'll defend against Dalton Castle or someone he can beat real real easy, you know? Because mm. you have that as well. Yeah. But it's gone from being a a, um, a title reign that I just assumed was going to end at Final Battle to one which I kind of want to last well into next year. I can see that. And it's a good way to keep the Ring of Honor brand strong. The Ring of Jericho. The, yes, the <laughs> Ring of Jericho. And he, he's so good at that. It's almost, like, obnoxious in and of itself that he's just constantly coming up with new terms and things like that. So we had that situation happening. Uh, <laughs> we had the John Moxley and Juice Robinson match we've talked about. We uh, got another promo from Soraya. And uh-huh. we have to talk about we have to talk another about promo. That was the only promo. Well, I mean, she came out and did didn't talk, and now this time she actually did. And she did uh, okay. So this has garnered a lot of negative energy on social media. And with due cause, I, I think. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of that is Ronnie Radke related or if it's just, hey, you kind of showed up and just didn't say anything. You didn't do anything. What did she do? No, there's there there is a real negative strand this, and I, I I said earlier this year that there was that um what was it, it was that segment with um uh, Satnam Singh debuting and just like just out of nowhere and just doing some sh- a shitty beatdown segment. I said like if AEW comes up with a segment worse than that this year, then I will be absolutely surprised. Lo and behold. <laughs> This comes on, and it's not even the promo itself because the promo is like, yeah, she stumbles over her words a bit, and it's like, okay, she might be rusty. Like, I don't want to hold that too much against her. I know that she could be a better promo than that. It's the whole fucking bringing out the women. Mm-hmm. It's like, cast your minds back to 2016, to a Stephanie McMahon standing on there and saying like, hey. I've got these three women over here and these three women over here and this other three women over here. And we're just going to fight because this is a revolution in women's wrestling. And now we're taking this stuff seriously. And it's like, you just feel your soul dying inside watching this because they're doing the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying as I tend to be the one to do on this podcast, I'm trying to keep an open mind, but I watched her bring out all the babyface girls and I was like, oh no, <laughs> they're doing the thing where they just acknowledge that they're not doing shit with their women and they're just yeah. going to 
Like, don't do that. No, this is a bad turn. She she used the term revolution multiple times. Like, she's the revolution. It's like, again, as you said, basically admitting to the fact of, yeah, our women's division absolutely totally sucks and we have no care about it. But now that's going to change because now we have a star. Now we have someone that, you know, people actually know that, that can be the... That hasn't even confirmed that she can wrestle. Exactly. <laughs> she can't. I'm convinced after Wednesday that she's going to be placed in a commissioner capacity. I think so, she's too. She's going to be in charge of the women. My but, biggest takeaway of the whole thing was, oh, so you can't wrestle. Well, I mean, my biggest takeaway of the whole thing is just, like, how... Just how how do you not learn from the way that WWE started their women's revolution? The the best compliment I can ever give about WWE's women's division is that it feels absolutely totally normal that like there's a women's match main event in an episode of Raw or SmackDown or mm-hmm. a pay per view. It feels totally normal. They are absolutely part of the product. They're as big big of stars as the men. They just feel it just feels like right that they just do whatever they do. That is the biggest compliment I could ever give them. But it started off for a period where they were just forcing it down your throat. And AEW could learn from that and know that all you have to do to make your women feel big is just put them in big matches and positions and then just, you know, start with the initial teething problems you're probably going to go through. But then eventually it's just all going to even out and they're just going to feel like part of the, you know, just just part of the equation. It's like, oh yeah, there's a women's bad main event in this show. That's totally like that's totally normal. But you but they're now decided, okay, that's what WWE did was this whole like really focus on the women's revolution and all that stuff. So we're gonna do the exact same thing with our women. And it just it made all everybody else outside of Soraya look totally crap in comparison. Like brings out the five token babyface women including your fucking champion and basically says let me introduce you to all of these women it's like yeah we know who they are we've been watching the tv and then she for a little while. introduce them like, well, yeah, she, the only one she introduces is tony storm and basically says like yeah i'm pretty sure we know who we are she is our fucking champion after all and, yeah f- f- yeah don't even mention the actual champion there is at the moment because uh, she's a uh, she's persona mm. non grata but you've got but like how condescending it is to like to talk for your champion mm-hmm. and to talk about how yeah she's finally being used in a promotion that to treat her right, which is like again just one way or the other. But it's more about the fact like she then said she's the greatest world champion that AEW Women's Division has ever seen, and the crowd booed it because it's totally not true. Yeah, because f- f- fundamentally because she's not the world exists. champion. Yeah, Britt Baker the, exists. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, Every, but fundamentally, she's at the moment she's the most unproven women's champion they've ha- ever had because mm-hmm. she's only been champion for a little while and she's not even the real champion. And when you invite all of the people on the roster to come out and like five people come out, that also looks bad because you don't have somebody like mm-hmm. a Riho, you don't have any of the heels yeah, because, like Nyla Rose or anyone. Yeah, like you didn't invite um, Abaddon because what are you, what are you saying? Are you just doing the divas? buddy buddy system like yeah, i'm the not one, yeah the I ones they brought out were like it was storm sky blue willow nightingale athena and madison rain the divas buddy buddy system yeah like, yeah. Mm. like i mean fundamental uh, it was great because then the heels come out then now your heel faction comes out 
And it's like, it's Britt Baker and R- Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Penelope Ford, for some reason, even though she's not she's not been connected with those three before. That's like, okay, she's just, she's a mad heel. You know the reason. Yeah, I know the reason. She's, yeah. That, that, but that's just, it needs to even out the odds, really, because there's five, baby, well, there's five active women that can wrestle on in, in the babyface side. And then there's, you need to have five heel women that can wrestle as well. God, if this ends up with blood and guts, I'm not going to be particularly <laughs> thrilled about that. I, but, I think it might. Yeah, I mean, stupid. there's no uh, Yuki Sakazaki. There's no the people that are injured, like Yikara the Red Velvets. There's no Shida. There's no Tai Kanchi or Tai Mello. There's no Anna J. There's no Bunny. Well, Bunny's injured. I, that, I, that I at least know. No Jade Cargill, I'm, who is a champion in your what? division. I mean, fuck, fucking hell. Got, got, uh, like... There's one of the best things about this segment is the fact that Jade Cargill didn't sink herself down to this level to mm-hmm. appear in this thing. So, and also we do have to at least caveat to the point that, and this case with all this show, that people who were living in Florida during this thing That's true, were yeah. said they didn't have to come. So they might have been limited in the amount of women they did have backstage. So. That's true. Give them a little bit of leeway that on that one. True. But I but, also say, if you do have that situation, you don't have a lot of your women's roster available. I'd probably say don't do the segment. Right. So I can't give them that much. And maybe you can, you can think not doing the segment. You can pivot it. You can even just have her say, I want to bring out Tony Storm. If the whole thing is just going to be about Tony Storm anyway, just be right. like, I want to address the interim champion that's here right now ignoring the whole Thunderosa thing but yeah yeah it's this segment went over like a lead balloon and yeah. not just for me but it seems like mostly everybody else too because it's just it's a rehash of what has happened before it is another situation of uh Soraya not necessarily being able to wrestle because it's not even like they Hey, why are you here? You can't even wrestle well you know surprise surprise here I am getting into the fight. And proving that I can, and then that's the big takeaway of the whole thing. Right. It was just essentially, I'm here now, and everything's going to be better because remember how I came to WWE from NXT and I was a big deal for a relatively short amount of time, realistically speaking, because you know, she came in, she wins the title, then it's like, oh my god, everything's resting on her sh- shoulders. And then everything else starts moving and suddenly the four horsewomen come, they sweep everything up and Paige is no longer the it girl and then everything goes downhill. But I left this promo feeling worse about the women's division in AEW than better. Oh yeah, fundamentally I thought this was a massive step backwards. Because then, let's say, you get the heels come out and Britt Baker is so much better, was actually one of the saving grace of this whole segment i thought her promo was great and like she had that great line about how um she puts this company on her neck and something that soraya can't do because hers isn't strong enough to support it mm-hmm. and that was good and then soraya's come back with hey doctor your name is right for shit it's like oh it was so stupid it's like one, it's so, it was one of the worst lines that i could have possibly heard at that moment and then it and, seems like they are going full-blown we're gonna bleep out the shit mm. which makes the over usage of the word even less effective because you know if they're gonna even bleep it out then don't even say it like don't bother i mean i i'm at uh, least of the benefit of the fact because i watch through uh fight tv it's uh they don't bleep out anywhere so i get to get the advantage of that one oh it came but, off uh, worse on tv because it was like well you know you want to talk about my name your name yeah 
<laughs> it's yeah. like, what? oh God, come on. But but it's what it's also like. There's also a funny moment after that is that uh, like you see Jamie Hayter on the outside mouth. Her name's Baker. That doesn't <laughs> rubbish. But and also the crowd was super into Jamie Hayter as well. Yeah. And I'm sort of like worried that her momentum is going to be buried into all of this because it does feel very much like Soraya is is Stephanie McMahon. And yeah. I don't want. I don't like Stephanie. Probably will be a great boss for the company, but as a character, she was a repellent one towards the end of her run. So I, I don't want that to be what Soraya is moving forward. And then it's just it's, a rehash of two. Like we've seen that a million times now. Hmm. What's the difference? That it's Paige that's doing that. We've seen Paige be the general manager type and cut promos and be a manager of a heel faction and do all that same stuff again. So why do I care? You know, it's the idea that they're legit going with, Oh, you know, we're, we're going to make our own women's revolution. We hear your complaints. Blackjack and hooker. (laughs) And it's like, no, call the girls from raw underground. (laughs) This isn't what you do. This isn't how you address the complaints, especially if Soraya, who, by the way, should just say, Hey, I'm going to be the commissioner for the women. Like, announce what you're doing. Because she just said, I went to Tony Khan, and it's great to have a boss who listens to me. Doesn't work as much anymore, by the way, because Vince is out. And also, like, I, this is a very impact. It was very impact, this whole thing. That's a good way of putting it. Please don't do this. I think we've gotten well past the point in general in AEW where they've existed for years now. And they were, you know, the the rebellion and they came about because it was the alternative and all these other kind of things. You've got your identity set up. We know what AEW is. Can we stop making it all about WWE? And in fairness, (laughs) like they haven't done it as dramatically as it seemed like the, the Soraya interview was. But... I don't know. It's just something I think they can still well, even pivot. even something that's good, like the Jericho Appreciation Society is just LOL WWE. And I enjoy that for what it's worth for when they play around with that. But if that was the only thing that they did with that, it would be a different story. Instead, when everybody seems to want to come out and be like, yeah, because I'm here because this is where the real wrestling is because WWE isn't or whatever. I'm tired of that narrative like you should stand on your own you should want people to like aew not to just dislike wwe you know what i mean right yeah, yeah. and yeah this this segment was just like yeah definitely a huge two thumbs down for the way it was put together and i think that they should really take a serious look at themselves after this and feel like is this really what we want to do going forward is this is this how we want to respond to the criticism of the women's division if realistically you should respond to the criticisms of your women's division by just making it better mm-hmm. not blaring out that oh yeah we know we fucked up with women's division but now things are going to be different because it just like it, it doesn't make you look good as a company either and then it just meant this whole segment was just so flat and it went so long that the match itself that followed it which was tony storm versus serene deep had like no chance of success 
Like, oh, I'll, no I'll admit it. Uh, this killed my entire. Like, I stopped watching Dynamite. I fast forwarded through everything else, including the Bandito match. I didn't even watch it. Because at this point, after I watched that promo, I was like, you know, I'm kind of tapped out for the night and it doesn't look like anything is happening. I don't need to see Ricky Starks beat somebody that I don't even remember the name of. I don't need to hear Matt Hardy cut a promo backstage with Private Party. I'm sure Jericho will win. If it's fantastic enough, people will tell me. And I just, I hit time 60 speed on my um, spectrum and just was like, all right, da, 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 there goes half hour. I'm done. It was just like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> Same as what I did with uh, some of the episodes of like, you know, the NXT stuff where I was like, I don't need to watch that segment. I don't need to watch that one. It's much more refreshing and easier to enjoy things when you don't pay attention to some of it and you can just watch the good stuff. But Sometimes you get the bad thing like this, and then, you know, Serena Deeb wasn't even out for that. She came out for that, so that was another thing that was weird about it. But you hit the nail on the head, too, by the way, when you said about the way that you accomplish your goal of upgrading something is less so to talk about that you're going to do it and more so to just do it to the point that you normalize it. Because if everything becomes that it's this, which people love these days, among the other, like they love, you know, being victims and they love, you know, whatever people love the, I'm on a journey to fix this mentality, even more so than they love actually fixing something. Cause they kind of want to just, they want to jog that, uh, that marathon for charity without donating to the charity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause they want to be the one that I took the t-shirt it shows that I did that charity marathon where I want to, I want to prove that I'm going to better myself in this fashion by posting this thing on Facebook about how I'm changing my life around and all that. And then when it comes, you know, shit hits the fan and it ends up not actually being something that you're already done by just announcing that it's a different story. But the way that you really accomplish something is you just normalize it and WWE has gotten to a point where if they end the Royal Rumble with the women's Royal Rumble, I haven't heard any complaints about that. People aren't going like, ah, but the men's is what, no, because it's like, yeah, but they're supposed to be on par with each other. The end. Okay. (laughs) Then, you know, if you're in a situation with AEW and the women's division is as rough as it's been, try to just fix it and not call attention to it. Now you're going to create another divide of the people that are the ridiculously militant pro WWE, which means I need to be anti AEW for some reason crowd, which will go, you see, it's not because of what, and then you'll create more fucking discourse and nobody wins. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to add on to that now. It's like, I think we've, we've beaten this segment to death now, as much as they beat it to death on TV in the first place. Yeah. And that was basically dynamite from my perspective, because we talked about like the Bandito match. You guys enjoyed it. I didn't watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. I thought, I thought Bandito showed out why he should be. He, sh- he should be on a big platform, whether it is in AEW or WWE or whatever. He needs to be on, a, one, of the, on one of the major shows. Yeah, it's time. You think I was, yeah, I think he is going to sign the AW. 
I'd hope, I think... I'd hope so. I mean, I'd say I'm someone who likes people to some AEW more and stuff, but to be fair, under the creative direction of Triple H and stuff like that, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind him going one way or the other, as long as like I think he's someone that I would enjoy seeing wrestle week to week. I don't know what you do with him story wise, but just to see him wrestle more often, that would be something that I'd be down for. I mean, they've been trying to replace Ray for for a while now. Bandito's got the ability. Can they? Can he build the marketability in WWE to replace Ray? You know, maybe I would be open to seeing him go there. I think he's a more natural fit in AEW, but I would be open to seeing him go anywhere. He's pretty good. How old is he? You know, hand. Oh, he, he's young, I believe. Like twenties. Uh, gotta be twenties. I don't think he's thirty yet. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. All right. That's good. Been, yeah. yeah, and he's been wrestling since. But well, I've been wrestling over ten years now. So, twenty eleven was he when he debuted. So, I don't know if WWE has a specific like, uh, you know, you have to be at this range or whatever for this contract to go through or something. But I've seen a little bit of Bandito here and there, and I've enjoyed what he's got going on. So I would be down for him being in WWE or AEW, depending on where he might fit best. I believe he's um he's one of the only people I know, and I, I don't know how many people are on this. He's a fourth generation wrestler, wow. which is like a rare. Again, there's a lot of there's quite there's a growing trend of third generation ones now, but there's a rarity to get fourth generation. So, so yeah, I think he's also um uh he's got obviously plenty of relatives. Like pretty much every luchador is pretty much of a family <laughs> of luchadors anyway. But it's like uh, yeah, El Generico. So, <laughs> no, but that's why he's so passionate about helping the orphans. No, that's why he's so passionate about having a family now. <laughs> yeah, he's I in the bloodline. There you go. That's he's. Hey, hey um, that's Sami Zayn. That's not El Generico. He's by proxy uh, part of a different dynasty. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what I got down for the hot tags for this week. I don't think I'm missing anything that's uh, super crazy or interesting, but if so then let us know by dropping a comment below and being like, ah, oh, you guys didn't talk about this or something. But um, most of the other stuff is like Vice is working on their Vince McMahon thing. Uh, oh, Valerie Larita looks like she's got her WWE wrestling name, but she hasn't said what it is. So that's, I guess we'll wait on that one. Um, I guess that's uh, what we're going with. Maybe something happens on SmackDown tonight that we roll into the next episode of the Hot Tags. Maybe we... Be another White Rabbit tease, I'm sure, leading to Monday. I think the the reveal will come at Extreme Rules, but we'll talk about that next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next time around, our main event is the pay-per-view point double edition of the Extreme Rules predictions of Post Show happening on Saturday night after that. Of course, we will have more stuff on SmartOutMoment.com. So check out that website. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Smart Out Moment. Check out Fanboys Anonymous as well over on fanboysanonymous.com and the Facebook and Twitter and the YouTube channel for any podcasts that come up in the next however when. And go to aomangotree.com or anthonymango.com or <laughs> there's a couple other things that all lead to the same set of links where you can find things like my personal Twitter account and my Facebook account and my LinkedIn. I don't know why you would necessarily need it, but whatever. It's there. Yeah, he, he doesn't have any purpose for LinkedIn anymore. He. I found he my wife. <laughs> Still think that LinkedIn should have sponsored something with that wedding. I had messaged them about it. I was just like, hey, because I was just like, you know, 
maybe it'll make somebody's day to hear an interesting story and whatever. I was like, Hey, you know, uh, found my wife through your site, figured you'd think it would be kind of cool. And they're like, Oh, that's really neat. And whatever. And then afterward I'm like, you know, they could have like offered to like <laughs> I don't know, help out with the wedding expense and for a little promotion or something. You've seen that kind of thing happen before where it's like suddenly Burger King is like paying for somebody's wedding or whatever. No. So, you know, what? instead I just get, uh, I get LinkedIn is thriving enough. They don't need to try to sponsor your wedding to get their name out there. They're, they're thriving with people that like to message me. Hey, we see that you've got for hire on your thing. Does that mean that you want to pay me to do something? I'm like, no, fucking leave me alone. <laughs> but it is what it is. So go to amangotree.com or anthonymango.com and like and follow and share all the stuff that I've got around there and check out what I've got on Bleach Report and on eWrestling News. Found out that my Twitter was not sending the Bleach Report stuff over there. The automated service got crapped out in some fashion. So screw RSS feed creators that decide to just disappear in the middle of nowhere i don't remember what i used last time but big middle finger to you and i've hopefully got a fix by now if you notice that it hasn't been a while since you've seen a br post on there let me know just to be sure but anyway i'm on all that stuff at tony mango so you'll see me there and whatever else is popping up under a mango tree you will see that as well also make sure that you are checking out what these guys are up to rob tell them what you can you know hit them with you can eventually find me everywhere at dudefelice.com. We're forever working on that, and hopefully there will be some cool developments soon. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and anywhere else at dudefelice. I always appreciate any support. You can check out my writing on Fightful, WrestleZone, and SmartGuyMoment.com in the Triple Threat article, which I contribute to every week. But if you're checking out SmartGuyMoment.com, you should be going over to the power rankings because that's where Cal Miggins is. Yep, that's my weekly contribution. The power rankings over on smartcomover.com where you'll find all the the standings for all the people in WWE right now across Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. You see who's uh, climbing to the top of the mountain every single week. And also where you'll be picking up some points and seeing who else is uh, standing, who's at the top of the standings. You can find the Fantasy League which is at also www.fantasyleague.com. You can see who's been picking up points as the weeks progress. As we get around about the halfway, we're around about the halfway point now. There's still plenty of time to go. There's still plenty of time for Rob to catch up. And yes, yeah, so we'll see how that. Uh, <laughs> I like the pause. I was after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like I, I just thought about it for a second. It's like, nah, there's not enough time to that to happen. But, <laughs> but we'll we'll give him hope nonetheless. And uh, yeah, so just keep following that there. You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14, and that is all from me. All right, that's all for us on this episode of the Hot Tag. So we want to thank you for listening to this, and thank you for all of your support in whatever fashion that it is, whether it's leaving your comments or it's being a part of the Patreon or something along those lines. Just being around us is something that uh, you should pat yourself on the back for. So thank you for listening to this, and we hope that we will see you next time with the extreme rules predictions post coming up around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know exactly when we're going to record. We'll figure it out. It'll be up. You'll see it. And hopefully you enjoy that for now. That's it for this one. This one has been another episode of the smart out moment and we are being counted out.